been playing around with pizzas and like I would take the cheese and sometimes I would break it and like put it in between the pan and the, the dough so that again you'd get these crunchy pieces and we decided in addition to that what if we put parm on the bottom and just as one more layer of texture and flavor. One of New York City's most respected chefs did what a lot of people had to do during COVID, pivoting to pizza. And now that Loring Place is back up to speed in the village, they're pushing even harder on their basement operation by making their grandma pies available across the country. The story behind Washington Squares straight ahead. Straight fried pepperoni. I need a deep dish pepperoni and a thin sausage to go. Can I get two cheese of ours and one uh, Detroit? Can I get one large pep, one large sausage, and one large pet special? This is Pizza City, the podcast dedicated to the art, craft, and passion behind the world's greatest pizzas. I'm Steve Dolinsky, author of Pizza City USA, the ultimate Chicago pizza guide, and founder of Pizza City Tours and Pizza City Fest. And welcome, everybody. Happy New Year to you all. And if you haven't heard the good news, there is another Pizza City Fest coming up at the end of April in Los Angeles. Uh, The first of what we hope will become an annual tradition out west takes place April 29th and 30th on the event deck at LA Live. That's downtown. 40 pizza makers from all over Southern California, plus seminars, talks, demos from some of the best in the business. Uh, We're also going to have salads, desserts, and a collab lab led by our friend Noel Broner of Slow Rise Pizza. Tickets now on sale, uh, general admission and VIP, lots of extras for the VIPs if you can still nab them, at pizzacityfest.com. Well, we're in New York City this week, just a block from Washington Square Park in the village. Uh, Dan Kluger has a very unusual background for a guy making his debut on the Pizza City podcast. Uh, went to Syracuse, did not study television, uh, studied food science and safety, uh, then culinary school, and a series of stages and gigs with some of the biggest names in the city. Danny Meyer, Tom Colicchio, Michael Romano, Jean-George Vongadicton, and the late Floyd Cardoz, who we sadly lost during COVID. At Loring Place, uh, Kluger's own restaurant, he's got a grandma pie that was quite popular, So during the lockdowns, he really pushed and developed that recipe. And now he's got Washington Squares, which operates out of the basement kitchen. Uh, You can get the slices to go since there really is no dining room there. He's now shipping on Goldbelly, too, and he says they've come up with a pretty good way to reheat them. So we began, as we always do, by asking our guest about their first pizza memory. can't tell you where it was from, but um, definitely we ate a lot of pizza at home. My father liked to do takeout, but then liked to put it back in the oven because uh, he didn't want room temp. Uh, and he'd get it scorching hot, <laughs> like almost burnt, uh, and put all of his own toppings on and all those kind of things. And where was this in the country? Here in the city. In New York yeah, City? In New York City. And what was this pizza? What did this look like? Your standard New York City 18-inch pizza, 16-inch pizza. Never had pepperoni in my life. Interesting. Not, not until, like, college, maybe I had pepperoni. Okay, so formative years, as you get older um, and you're getting maybe more interested in food, where was pizza taking you? I had some really cheap, bad pizza um, after a night of drinking at Syracuse, and that's where I learned the, um, the dipping of pizza into blue cheese wing sauce. 
Uh, it was the first time I ever saw that. Came back to the city and, and pizza was like a, a last minute meal um, or an on-the-go meal. Like, you know, I grew up in the, in the city where you fold the pizza in half and you have the paper plate and a little bit of the napkins catching the grease and you just walk down the street while you're eating your pizza. So it was a quick grab-and-go, the, the original grab-and-go. So we're talking probably Joe's in the village and maybe John's on Bleecker, that kind of stuff? Yeah, I mean, a little bit down there, but, but to be honest, most of it was Upper West Side where I grew up. Well, tell me how you got into food, um, professionally. Professionally. Um, I got into food... I went to Syracuse um, for undergrad, and I thought I wanted to do physical therapy. And so they said, you know, we'd love to have you uh, take all these prerequisites, and then we'll have you apply for the graduate program. So in doing that, um, I took uh, food science, nutrition, sanitation. I got bit by the bug at at an early stage, and maybe mid-sophomore year when I started doing this. So intrigued by by this world, and and like I remember taking the the sanitation class, which is you know all about uh, foodborne illness, normal sanitation practice. And I remember like most of the people in the class thought it was ridiculous, and I thought it was the most interesting thing ever. Normally, it's because you had a great meal as a teenager, and you first I don't know you discovered artichokes or something. This is an interesting way to back into the food industry. There's a lecture series at Syracuse. Met Tommy Hilfiger, uh, the CEO of Bed Bath and Beyond at the time. All these different you know people and found them all very intriguing, but I got to sit with Danny Meyer and that was really like, hmm, this is interesting. Uh, And I took Danny for a tour around the school and spent a little time with him and then said, I'd like to come and do an internship with you in the summer. And uh, he said, I'll put you in touch with somebody. And I thought, no way will this work out. And a couple months later, I was at Union Square Cafe as an intern. This was 1995, I believe. And I think Gramercy opened like 93 or 94, somewhere around there. So Calicchio was around there. Oh, yeah. I got to spend a little time sort of everywhere in the restaurant. I learned how to do beverage inventory. I learned how to be a host. Um, I learned how to be a reservationist. I spent some time in the kitchen. I spent some time in the accounting office. So I just really got to see everything and went back to college and, and not, not in this like cocky way, but in this way of like, wow, I've just come from working for one of the best. I'm, I'm ready for school. Like I'm ready to, to soak it all up this year. Graduated college, um, went back to Union Square Cafe, basically was working as a host. Decided to spend my time off in the kitchen just to kind of understand all about what went on in the kitchen. If someday I'm going to run a restaurant or own a restaurant, I should know. And one day Mike Romano turned to me and said, I'll offer you a job if you'd like one. And um, I ended up taking a prep cook position. This is 1996, I guess. Started as a prep cook, uh, worked my way up through the, through the line there, and had some incredible teachers while working there probably most importantly or notably would be uh, Floyd Cardoz. We hit it off and became very good friends, and he said, you know, if you'd like to be part of the Tabla crew, let me know, and I said, of course, why, why would I turn that down? How'd you get to ABC? ABC Kitchen, in ABC Carver. Long story short, I left Tabla and um, joined Tom Colicchio's team and opened a private club in Midtown that he was consulting on, and I worked there for about four years or so, and uh, one day I was at the market shopping, and um, the farmer said, do you know Jean-Georges? And I said, everybody knows Jean-Georges, and she introduced us, and literally the next day I had a meeting with them for a position, and a couple weeks later I was uh, given my notice and moving on. So I, I started actually as the chef of the Mark Hotel on the Upper East Side, and I was actually working for their their group that was opening restaurants around the country. 
um, while we were waiting for the Mark Hotel to open. And then in December of, I think, 2009, he said, we have this other project that we think you'd be great for. It's in the ABC Carpenter Home Building. Uh, are you interested? And it was right up my alley. It was farm to table. I was using all these farmers. That's where we met. One of the best crab toasts I remember there, right? Early dish? Yeah, crab toast. Oh, God, I remember that dish still. Um, and then uh, let's fast forward a little bit. So we're standing in a place called Loring Place right now in the village. Tell me, how did this happen? Because I want to do. I want to get to Washington Squares yeah. at some point. After about four and a half or so years uh, with Jean-Georges, I just felt like I really had this bug to... to make my own thing. Um, went out on my own and got this open and, and we were, I guess, about three years in. I think we just celebrated our three-year anniversary um, when the pandemic happened. Pizza was a big part of survival in 2020-21. I think for, for, certainly in Chicago it was. For, even if you were two Michelin star chef at Oriole, you started making pizza. Yeah, I think, you know, we had been talking about pizza as, a, as another concept for a long time. Um, I kind of joke that I've worked so hard to create these incredible vegetable dishes and I cook with the vegetables, I cook with the season, and somehow or another the grandma pizza, the burger, and the calzone are like our, our biggest hits and I've had more press. And so for a long time I thought about doing something like the, the grandma pizza as another concept and had been playing around with some things and, and uh, I don't know, probably around November or somewhere around there um, of 2020, you know, we, we had no indoor dining. We were paying the same rent, we were paying the same utilities, the same insurance, you name it, right? Like our costs were through the roof. So we we're just trying to squeeze as much juice from, from every lemon we possibly could. Let's do a pizza to go concept. We'll do it out of the basement. We're not using the kitchen right now because that's really for private dining and heavy production. Um, and so we set up Washington Squares. We, we um, came up with the name, branded it. Was there inspiration though based on all of your experience eating in New York now over these years as you've talked about? Because I'm sure on your days off or after work or something, you're getting a pizza. And as we've seen in New York the last several years, it's not only a slice, but it's like a slice in a square, a slice in a square. And wherever you go, you got to get one of each. Um, I've had some amazing grandma slices in this city. Um, anything that inspired you uh, when you were putting this together? Or you're like, I'm going to start from a clean slate, start from scratch. Let's just make something that I want. I, I think more the latter, right? I, I think um, all along our, our pizzas here um, have always been pizzas that I want to eat. The true pizza aficionado would, you know, think it's blasphemy that we put dates and radicchio and bacon on a pizza, um, but it's pretty damn good, right? So we know we have an amazing dough. It's a, it's a whole wheat-based dough. I will say, you know, the place that probably inspired me the most through the whole concept um, and the development of the concept was um, Jim Leahy's Co., which was, you know, the, the branch of Sullivan Street Pizza, when he, or Sullivan Street Bakery, when he created Co-Pizza. Some of them were very simple and very true to themselves, and then I think some were kind of playful and, and a little different. Our menu is literally the know, five or six pizzas. We also do them gluten-free. We have an incredible gluten-free dough. And then we have three salads, a sundae, and a cookie. Like, that. that's it. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to keep talking with Dan Kluger about Washington Squares um, here in the village uh, beneath... Loring Place. We're also going to preview some scenes from our next show coming up in two weeks, so stay with us. Welcome back to the show. We are with Dan Kluger from Loring Place in Washington Squares. We're now in the basement in the kitchen. Um, as you can hear, a little bit more activity going on down here. Uh, Dan, what have, you, what have you got going on here? So we're going to make our mushroom pizza. Um, one of the things that we like to do is we cook the mushrooms on the pizza so that they, they, they dry out, they caramelize a little bit, they get crispy, and the ones on the bottom are soft and gooey. 
and the pizza itself without being soggy takes on some of that flavor from the mushrooms. Okay, but a lot of people will cook the mushrooms ahead of time to get that water out because if they just put them on the pizza, you get a lot of watery, right? No. It cooks long enough that they, they release their moisture and a little bit goes into the dough and you want that more flavor. Yeah. Okay. Tell me about the dough. What's the flour situation the here? The dough is a whole wheat flour. Um, it's whole wheat and, and King Arthur all purpose. Um, we buy whole wheat from local mills. Um, we used to grind ourselves, but for this we decided not to. It's just a little too much. And let me back up for one second. So this was a grandma that you typically had on the menu at Loring Place, which expanded and became Washington Square as a sort of a side business. Yeah. So okay. we had one that's about half the size. Okay. That was for upstairs, which started because I knew that at some point somebody was going to ask for a gluten-free pizza. And I didn't want to do a margarita at all because I felt like everybody did margaritas. And I knew somebody was going to ask for a gluten-free pizza, and I'm like, well, I can't do a gluten-free pizza in the wood-burning pizza oven, because then there's cross-contamination, so maybe we should do it in a pan. And I went to, I was like literally at a restaurant supply place and saw some pans. I'm like, I'm going to try this out. And I came back, and I just put some dough in it, regular dough. It's like, I'm not even going to get into the whole wheat dough yet. I put it in, baked it off. I'm like, this is unbelievable. Like, this is great. And these are not the high Lloyd 10 by 14. Nope. These are these small, maybe an inch or two high, what are the diameters of this? Uh, this is um, six nine by nine, nine by twelve, I think. Eight yeah. by thirteen. This is an OXO pen, so it's a little bit nonstick, uh, and it has these little ridges on the on the bottom, which give texture and and allows it to crisp up really nicely. So you do you do the dough ahead of time a day? We day we do ferment the day before. Uh, roll it out, press it into place, wrap them up, refrigerate them until ready. Okay, and so this has been sitting out now a little bit at room temperature. This to started to proof. Um, our, our uh, mushroom, as well as a couple of other pizzas, we actually put Parmesan on the bottom of it so that it'll create even more crust and more texture and more flavor as uh, it bakes under, under the dough. Under the dough. Yeah, so the pan is lined with Parmesan and then we put the, the pizza in. How long did it take you to figure that trick out? Because <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of R&D in this. There was a lot of R&D. I yeah. think, you know, I had, um, I had been playing around with pizzas and like I would take the cheese and sometimes I'd break it and like put it in between the pan and the, the dough so that again you get these crunchy pieces and we decided in addition to that what if we put parm on the bottom and just as one more layer of texture and flavor first thing we do is a little bit of ricotta you know we don't want every bite to be the same so you've got a large like a pastry bag and you're kind of squeezing it out into long strands maybe two inches long yep. but you're not covering everything you've only got about uh i don't know five or six of those yeah i probably have about um probably about half a cup of ricotta on here uh now these cubes now use some fontina um, and they're just really small cubes, maybe half an inch, inch square. Yeah, and some, some are going to be bigger than others. Some are going to be um, torn. Some will be perfect squares. And again, it's like that one pocket might be super gooey, and then one, one might be like just kind of melted. Fresh mutts, um, same thing. Some a little bigger than others. Uh, we want every bite to be a little bit different. Now, you being Dan Kluger, are you making this mozzarella or are you having somebody do it for you? <laughs> we make the ricotta, the, the mozz, uh, we buy. Next thing you're adding is uh, some dried... dried oregano and then some parm. So we have, we have the parm on and now we have sliced mushrooms. We got buttons, portobellos, cremini, sometimes oysters. Again, it sort of depends on, on what we're using at the point, that point in time. And we're going to put a fair amount on. You're quite a bit on here, actually, more than I would have. Well, again, they're going to they're get um, reduced. You'll see it's, it, it bakes off, and again, some will be crispy on top. Some will be kind of chewy and soft inside. A little olive oil? Yep. It's uh, garlic oil. 
Now, if this were a standard pie and you were adding sauce, tell me about your tomato sauce. Tomato sauce, we just use uh, Jersey fresh tomatoes, uh, olive oil, salt, nothing else. Simple. Yeah, it's like um, really rich and jammy, and, and by the time it cooks down, it's like eating a tomato jam. And because of all your experience with vegetables, and you're talking about how you always cook with the seasons, you mentioned one with dates. I mean, are you spending time at the, the farmer's market, like looking for toppings, specifically because you're thinking pizza? Yeah, I mean, probably more so upstairs than, than down here, um, but always, you know, always looking at what can we use for whether it's pizza or something else. This is just like a regular convection oven? Normal, normal convection oven up at like 450, 500. Okay. Uh, for how long? Uh, it takes about 20 minutes. We'll do a little interlude and we'll come back in a minute when the pizza's done. Okay, so it's been 20 minutes and did you take it out of the pan? Take it out of the pan? At what point in the baking? Uh, when it's almost done. So probably about 18 minutes in, 20 minutes in, we'll take it out of the pan. Make sure it's nice and crispy on the bottom, you get the texture of the cheese. And then put it back in right on the rack so it dries up just a touch more. Boy, that mushroom is really reduced. You can tell it's unbelievable how few there it looks like there are now, but they're really concentrated, I bet. Yeah. You know, chili crisp was the, the thing of, uh, I think, 2021, 2022. I don't know when it really became so popular, but... That flyby jing is a popular yeah, one, right? Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so this is, what's in this chili crisp? All sorts, but this, uh, this is our version. It's um, garlic, jalapenos, uh, cherry, pickled cherry peppers, uh, which, you know us, we like a little acidity. Um, it's got some pickled cherry peppers, it's got Sichuan peppercorns, um, and the natto oil, a whole bunch of other spices, and wow. so it's got like a ton of flavor, ton of aroma to it. Beautiful burnished brown perimeter edge around this pizza I can see already. And now you're going to add a little bit of fresh herb? A little parsley. Just parsley. Italian parsley. Four, six slices out of this? Yeah, we'll eight slices. Look at him using the, like the chef's knife, not even a pizza cutter. No, nothing, nothing very traditional about this part. But you don't want to be traditional. You want to have a pizza that, you know, Dan likes. So what are you adding here? No parm. Well, just more parm. There's parm underneath this one too? Parm underneath. Okay, well, I want to see the undercarriage. Let's see the undercarriage shot here. Oh, yeah. Let me get a picture of that guy. That looks good. Um, and let me see the crumb too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hello. We got a ton of press for this pizza that I didn't really expect. Again, we're just like, we're trying to survive. And at the time, like, everybody wrote about it in New York Magazine, New York Times, Pete Wells. And was talking to him about the pizza, and Pete Wells made some comment like, I got a lot of pizza from you. And I have to be honest that after eating all the pizza, I expected to feel super sick. And I didn't feel sick at all. And I thought that was actually like a nice compliment. Like, for as much as you have going on here, it's not that heavy. Like, the dough, the, dough, the whole wheat dough, it's kind of light. Uh, there's not a lot of added fat. Uh, Are you adding a lot of hydration to the dough? A lot of hydration, yeah, but just, I, I don't know. I think there's something about it just that really feels that rich. It looks like it's a cross between a grandma, maybe in a Sicilian, but definitely grandma in yeah. terms of its height. It's much shorter than you think. Yeah. Um, and you've got the crispy edge, it looks like, on the yeah. corners. Um, people argue about the corners. They want the corners. See some of that cheese that caramelized. and it's a gorgeous color the mushrooms and you, I mean clearly you don't need that tomato sauce on this guy and you've no. got this the, the chili crisp on the top gives it this beautiful color as well we're posting pictures obviously um, I'm gonna take a taste okay yeah all right two quick initial reactions first of all I love the nuttiness from that whole wheat I don't get that enough in the world of pizza I don't know if people are afraid to do that 
they don't think people want that. I had pizza as a kid at some place in my neighborhood that had a whole wheat crust, and I was, was attracted to it. But the nuttiness is really a unique element to it, but also the intensity of the vegetables. Um, and again, I know you're proud of the vegetables because you like to cook the, you know, talk about my vegetables, not the pizza, but really the, the, the mushrooms on here, they're what, two or three types? Yeah, three, three kinds. Yeah. Those have cooked down and are really intense. And I, again, I thought because you're putting the raw mushrooms on, it's going to be really watery, and it's not. Um, and that's, again, because it's baking for so long that the, it's, it, the moisture evaporates. Yeah, I think it's baking long, it's baking fast, you know, high temp, so it just evaporates off. The last thing, um, there's plenty of cheese underneath. Again, I thought it was going to be too much, but there's excellent balance here. You've certainly thought about the balance. And then the heat, the little subtle heat. I think people who don't like spicy maybe are going to shy away from this because I love this, by the way. Um, but it just gives you just enough of a background that there's it sort of wakes up your mouth a little bit like, hey, don't fall asleep. This is uh, something to be reckoned with a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't want to say it's not heavy, but it's it's a lighter style pizza, especially like when you look at a lot of the grandmas and Sicilian slice out there, especially when somebody starts putting things on it. Like I've had a few that will remain unnamed that I like picked it up, but I, I mean, without even eating it, I felt 10 pounds heavier. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I've seen that too. But like there are a lot of like grandmas around. This is great. I could have two, three slices of this, no problem for dinner. Um, okay, so how many other types do you offer at Washington Squares? So we do the OG, which is basically ricotta, tomato, um, mozzarella, parm, a little bit of chili, fresh gar um, garlic flakes that we might make ourselves. Uh, we have a plain Jane, which is essentially just tomato. And vegans can have it and too. vegans can have it. Yeah. We also do that one gluten-free, so now you're really good. Okay. Um, and then we have the meat lovers, which is kind of like the tomato OG, uh, but it has a homemade soppressata uh, sausage that we make and uh, cured soppressata, uh, and then a little jalapeno vinegar and uh, honey. Um, and then we have the spanakopita, which is much like it, the, the name implies. Um, spinach, dill, mint, uh, baked, so it gets kind of, again, some of it's a little crispy, some of it's really intense and charred, and then some is just barely cooked through. It's a really nice uh, mix of, of the two. Uh, and that's finished with fresh goat cheese from the market. Um, and then we have the mushroom, which you had, and then the last one is the ham and cheese, um, which is kind of like a white pie finished with some sliced ham uh, and a quince jam. And then we pack the arugula separately, a little vinaigrette. So it gets lemon vinaigrette on the arugula on top of the pizza, and you get that like uh, you know arugula on a warm pizza thing. You mentioned packing separately. So these pizzas, because we're in the basement of Loring Place, are intended to be taken to go, right? To go. But you, I kind of want this pizza right away. So how, how do you reckon that? Washington Square Park, it's a block away. Okay, that's what you do. Because <laughs> obviously you don't want to reheat. The, if you're putting on cold ingredients on the top or something, you're finishing it with herbs, you don't want to throw it in the oven again. Yeah, but I will say these do reheat very well, and, and not to plug it, but I will plug it and say that we're now selling them on Gold Belly. I mean, just to get folks at home, one indication, I had a huge lunch today at La Bernadin. And I'm going to have a second slice of this probably before I leave. Uh, last question we ask all of our guests, Dan. Knowing what you know now about pizza making, which is certainly a lot, uh, you've been doing this for quite a while, what would you have told your younger self before you started jumping into Washington Squares to be successful at pizza making? What advice would you have given your younger self? I don't know. I probably would have said, A, to have fun with it, which is what we're doing, and B, not to eat so much of it, because once you put it on, it's hard to take it off. That's great advice. I agree. <laughs> Uh, the restaurant, again, is called Washington Squares. It's within Loring Place. You can order it online. You can get it on Gold Belly, too, now. Highly recommend this. Very unique pizza, a chef's approach to pizza making. Dan Kluger, what a pleasure. So great to see you again. Um, Happy New Year. You, too. Happy New Year. Thank you.
All right, coming up in two weeks, we are back in my town, Chicago, talking to another former culinary school grad who worked as a cook for a while until he tasted a deep pan pizza in the suburbs that changed his life. I guess the pizza moment that changed my life was when I went to Burt's Place in Morton Grove and I tried his pizza. I, I, it, like the heavens opened up. I had never seen a pizza look like that. I'd never tasted one that looked like that. And I was determined to figure out how to make that pizza. I'll talk to Robert Molesky of Millie's Pizza in the Pan about his third wave deep pan pies. That's in two weeks on February 3rd. Remember to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Tell a friend, please, and rate us. We want to know what you think about the show. Uh, we are at Pizza City USA on Instagram, and our website is pizzacityusa.com. Bureaucratic wrote and performed our theme song, and here's wishing you an optimal bite ratio always. <laughs>